Are you ready? Well, there's some things that I would like for you to do because I really want you to follow along in the app this morning if you would. If you have not downloaded that app, as Sam said a while ago, I encourage you to go to whatever app store you use, whether it's Google or Android or Apple, and search the Rock of Central Florida, download the app, and then on that home page at the top will be the message for today. And I encourage you, it's going to say John 21:26. That's not the title. Um, the title is What's My Part? Um, but I encourage you to engage that app and follow along as I share some scriptures. Going to be, um, I anticipate that it's going to be brief this morning because there's something in my heart. I actually said something last week when I was teaching uh, the last part of Olam. There was a comment that I made, and as I was listening back at the service, uh, Holy Spirit struck this chord in me about what I'm sharing today on about what's my part. And I want you to hear what it is that I'm saying today because I realized last week as I was speaking and Holy Spirit provoked me to say a specific thing that when I said that, I realized something about people not only in this house but could be true anywhere. And I want to address what that is this morning by teaching this message, what's my part. So often... People will come into this house, they will come into this ministry, they will walk in these doors on a Sunday morning, and when they come in these doors, they love uh, the worship, they love what they are experiencing, they love what Holy Spirit's saying to them, but they get lost in what now? What's next? And let me just be honest, I'm, I'm very, uh, I think, transparent. I try to be as transparent as I possibly can, but I can tell you that... Uh, here at the Rock of Central Florida, I think it would be true of anywhere, but let me just speak of this house. Here at the Rock of Central Florida, our journey over 23 years has been one of constant learning. It's been one of constant growth. It's been one of constant change. We do things today that there was a time I said we will never do. And then we're not doing things today that there was a time I said we will always do. It's, Holy Spirit has a way of rearranging uh, our way and turning it into His way. And I love that about him. Can somebody say amen? amen? So over the years, as we've grown and as we've changed and as we've, we've listened to the voice of the Lord and, and as the congregation has grown, I, I just know that what happens is, and, and again, this falls to me, but what happens is we do exactly what I was encouraging you a moment ago not to do, and that is we somehow, without even designing a blueprint, we somehow build up walls and we find our comfort zone within those walls, and we stop considering that there might be something on the other side of the door, just being honest. And so in the beginning, when we started the Rock of Central Florida, uh, Kim and I and our family and, and a couple of other families that joined with us, when we started the Rock of Central Florida and we met in our living room in uh, 779 Superior Street in Deltona back in October of 1999, October 31st, Halloween 1999, we were redeeming the day. And that was our first service. And when we met on that day in that house, actually we met in July, our first service was October 31st at, at the uh, 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 Homewood, not the Homewood Suites, the, um, it was Homewood Suites, Homewood Suites, yeah, in Lake Mary, it's been, it's been a while, and we met there, but when we were meeting, what we did in the beginning was we had like two or three volunteers, because we had like two or three people, <laughs> 
So we had, Jimmy was operating the sound and doing the setup with me every Sunday. Jimmy Kerner, we would get up early in the morning. We would load up the truck and the trailer. We would take everything to the hotel. We would load it all up. And then as we begin to grow, uh, we would, somebody else would come and join the church and, or become a part of the ministry of the house. And they would come and, and immediately there was something for them, whether it was sound or whether it was set up or whether it was tear down or whether it was children or whether it was nursery, whether it was what we had back then, an overhead projector. Uh, you were, some of you remember. Remember those days? Uh, it was part of the growth. And you would assign people, and then as you begin to grow in time, people begin to fill multiple roles, not because you intend it to be that way, uh, but because just through fluidity, it seems to flow into something else. So the person doing the audio might ultimately, ultimately also become the person doing the video simply because it's all in the same booth. So it just kind of flows into that. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? The person that was in the beginning doing the nursery with one or two children, two, one or two babies in the beginning, all of a sudden finds themselves also being responsible for finding volunteers and overseeing the children's ministry because it simply flowed into that. And as you begin to grow, you, you tend to allow things to flow into whatever they flow into. And with some, obviously, you're governing that by word and spirit, but you're also giving room for it to be uh, very uh, spontaneous by word and spirit. And what happens is, over time, you begin to realize, well, now you begin to grow to a point where things begin to change, and there's a lot of things that need to be done, but people don't know that. They don't know what the needs are, and they want to be a part, but they don't know how to be a part. I want to help with that today. Again, this is born out of something that I said last Sunday. Holy Spirit made it alive in me because I believe He's prompting me to let you know and all of us know that it is time for us to get our hands in the pot. It is time for everyone to get their hands in the pot. Now, here's the problem. Sometimes people will say, well, this is what I feel like I'm gifted to do, and these are, there's already somebody doing that, or there's somebody doing this, and, and I will never do that, or whatever that might be. Uh, I will never be a part of that. There's things that are there that we immediately count ourselves out of simply because someone's doing it, or we think we're unqualified to do that. You know, my encouragement to you would be to uh, come to the place where it isn't about what you think you're qualified for, but it, is, it becomes about what Holy Spirit puts in your heart. It isn't necessarily about qualification. Now, certainly, there's some things um, that are necessary. For instance, I'll tell you, in the nursery, in the children's department, a background check is, a check is required. It's a simple background check. All we're going to do is find out what kind of person you really are. It is required. We do that. With music, if you're going to sing... It's usually good if you can. And so, and it's okay if you can't. Not everybody can. Not everybody can't. I'm, I'm thankful for those who do so well when they open their mouth and this beautiful sound comes out. And I'm thankful for those when they open their mouths. It isn't as beautiful. And I'm thankful that they're not holding a microphone. <laughs> as are you. So I say that in jest, but there is a place where Holy Spirit puts in us, and he's not going to ask us to do something to put ourselves in a place that is outside of what he has anointed us to do. That's what's important. What has he anointed me to do? What has he anointed you to do? What has he called us to? And somebody might be asking the question, well, I really don't know. I want to help you find out today. 
I want to help you discover today how you can become a part. And again, I want to title this, I have titled this today, What's My Part? The question has been, I know, in, exists in people in this room, people that are watching online. I want to be involved in the Rock of Central Florida. I want to get involved and I want to grow, but I don't know what to do next. Please help. I want to get involved. I want to be a part. I want to do something. I want to feel like I have responsibilities here. I want to feel like I'm a part of the growth of this house. What can I do? Please help me. I want to help you today. I want to help you because it's important. I realize that this isn't the kind of message that somebody might say, well, you know, five people got saved and came to Christ today. How do you know? Five people might get saved and come to Christ because you find your spot. It might be because you suddenly feel your spot that enables somebody to actually come and find their place to be able to receive Christ. I think this is important. I want to say this to all of us today and make sure it's clear. We are all born to serve. Everybody say this with me. I, I was born, was born to, serve. to serve. Let me tell you a little story about Steve. So when I got saved in 1985, I was in an Assembly of God church. And that was more than I wanted to say. I was just going to say a church. But I was in a church in Houston, Texas. And in that church, when I went in there, it was large. It was almost 1,000 people. And when I went in... Um, I had no intention of getting saved. I had no. I just went in because I was curious, um, and because Holy Spirit put something in me. I was driving home from somewhere that day, this particular day, and when I was coming from this particular place, there was a detour, and that detour took me by this church. And I looked at the sign, and when I saw the sign, I said to my cousin that I was riding with, I said to him, I, "I'm going there. I'm going to go to this church tonight." And he said, Assembly of God, what is that? What God's assemble there? I thought that was an honest question. I said, I don't know, but I just know that I need to go. I need to go to this place. I need to go to this church. I, need, I don't know what they do. I don't know what they believe. I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about that denomination. But I need to go in there because there's something in me that says, if I don't, I'm going to miss an opportunity. I'm going to miss something. So I did. I ended up going, and I won't tell the whole story, but I go. I get saved in this church, and when I got saved in this church, immediately I wanted to be a part. I'm a very active person. I'm a people person. I love to be around people. I enjoy conversation. I enjoy getting to know people. And when I got into this church, and I walked in the doors, and once I accepted Christ, I showed up on the first Sunday, and I see these people greeting me as I come through the front door. They're, hey, welcome. Thank you for being here. I've been, I was here actually last week. I got saved here. Oh, well, it's still good to have you here today. And so I come in, you know, and they welcome me, and then somebody else is sitting over here at a table, and it's a little information booth, which we could do an actually better job at. I need somebody back there at that table every week, every week. I'm just telling you right now. I'm going to throw it out there right now. I need somebody back there at that table that can actually smile. Smiling's very important. Chad is, uh, Chad, Chad's volunteering this morning. So, but I walk in and there's an information booth over there and I go over there to the table and, and I meet people and I find out, you know, I'm just talking to them and they're telling me what's available. You know, we got this ministry, we got the men's ministry, we got the youth ministry. I was a young guy, I was 19 years old. There's this ministry, that ministry, this thing you can get involved in. In fact, this group, young adults, is meeting on whatever night and I immediately begin to get involved. Well, when I come into these things, when I arrive, I'm an early person. I always arrive early, always. Uh, if I'm late, something happened. And I come early, and it was the same back then. I would arrive 15, 20 minutes early before whatever it was we were doing. And when I would get there, I would always notice, you know, there's people working. They're setting up chairs. They're tearing things down. They're putting things on the wall. They're preparing something. They're doing overhead projectors, whatever it is that they're doing. 
And I would ask, because I'm there early and no one's there yet to talk about, uh, talk with, and not talk about, that too. And I would come in and I would say, hey, is there anything I can help with? Well, yeah, you know, um, if you can sort out these songs that we're going to do for music today, that would be great. By the way, what's your name? I'm Steve Parker. I'm new here. I just started here a couple weeks ago, and, and I'm new here, and um, I'm happy to help. Yeah, yeah, you can you do this, and I would do that, and then next thing I knew, I was going to youth, and, and I would get into youth, and I, again, I would show up early, and when I got there, or young adults, and I would show up early, and I would get there, and they would be doing something, and, and the fellowship hall at that particular church, and, and I would say, is there something I can help with? Yeah, you can, you can do this, and I was always willing to help, and that's, that's the thing I think that changes uh, people, that really changes a person's heart is, is the willingness. See, there's a lot of people that have a want to, but they don't have a will do. A lot of people with a spirit of want to, but not enough people with a spirit of will to, or will do. I want to, I want to do this, but will I do this? I want, but will I? I see myself, but can I? And, and I would go in there and I would do that and I would just enter in and, I would, and, I, and suddenly, you know, I got to know people and, and all of a sudden I would show up and it was no longer, what's your name again? Uh, Steve Parker. Uh, it's great to have you. It was no longer that. It was, hey, Steve, come on, man. We need some help over here. Can you help with this section? Yeah, man, I'm in. I'm all in. What do you need? And they would tell me and I would get in there and I would do it. And then it turned into this. Suddenly, I'm showing up at things and now I'm saying to people, hey, can you help over here? I just want to welcome you today. What's your name? When did you start coming to North Central? When, when was your first day? And suddenly I find myself on the end of what at one time I was on the other end of. And they would begin to help and, and we would engage and, and suddenly relationships began to grow. I became best friends with the pastor's son, with different people there, the musicians. And I'm not a musician. I don't play anything, nothing. I can play, the, I can play one song on the guitar and that's it, one song. And other than that, I cannot play any. although I am teaching myself to play the piano, by the way. But I can right now, I cannot play anything. And so when I got there and I'm meeting all of these people, it was odd, but I'm meeting all my best friends were the musicians. They were the guys on Sunday morning. I'd look up there, oh, that's Rob Brown. Oh, that's Larry Emerson. Oh, that's Steve. Oh, that's this. And I'm looking up there and, oh, Oscar Gutierrez, he's up there. Oh, he's, he's playing the trumpet. I didn't know he played the trumpet. And these relationships begin to develop. And then suddenly I'd get a phone call. Hey, Steve, we're going to such and such a place tonight. We're going down to Godfather's Pizza. I don't, I don't think they have those in Florida, but we're going to Godfather's Pizza. You want to go to Godfather's Pizza with us? And I'd go, we'd go to Godfather's Pizza, and suddenly that turned into something. And my point being, all these relationships develop. And then I, they found out they could trust me. The craziest thing happened. The craziest thing happened. They found out they could trust me. I demonstrated that I was reliable. I'm not the guy that's showing up five minutes late every week. Call Steve Parker because he's going to be here at least 20 minutes early. Call him. You need that done, call Steve. He's trustworthy. He's reliable. He's early. He's got the vision. Call Steve. So they'd call me up, and then I got a call one day from the pastor of the church. And he called, and he said, hey, Steve, he said, I just want to uh, ask you something. I heard that I was actually... there's another part of the story I won't tell, but he said, I want to ask you something. I, I understand that you were an electrician for some time, and that that's, in fact, at that time, that's what I did do. I was an electric, electrician. And he said, I understand you're an electrician. There's some things that I would like at the church if you're willing. 
And um, I said, yeah, what would you like? And this is a big, like I said, it's a big church, almost 1,000 people. It, was, it actually seated 1,500, so you can imagine the size of the auditorium. Well, in the auditorium, they had these, I don't know what you call them, but they're, uh, it's, it's like a layered coffered-type ceiling. So around the walls, there were these layers or levels that would come out, um, and it was almost steps up to the ceiling. Beautiful, gorgeous, gorgeous uh, auditorium. And he calls me in, and he says, so this is what I would like. Uh, let me walk you around the auditorium. And all of these coffers and all of these little spaces, I would like some indirect lighting. Now I'm looking at the massive size of this auditorium. And then my, my first thought was, man, this is way outside of my ability because I'm a residential electrician, not a commercial. This is a commercial job. And he says, he's walking me around, and he says, and this is what I would like, indirect lighting. I'd like you to put up, back then it was fluorescent tubes, and I'd like you to put up some fluorescent tubes with black light. And so I did all these, he, he, this is what I want, and it was a big job. And he said, and I know you can do it, and, and I just, thank me. He said, I appreciate that you're reliable. If you can't do it, I understand, but... Um, I just felt like it would be okay to ask you. Do you know why he felt like he could ask me? Because when, he ever asked, when they asked me to do anything else, Steve, can you set up these chairs? Can you tear these down? Can you volunteer in this ministry? Can you come over here and help us do this? Do you know why he felt comfortable asking me? Because I never said, no way. I'm above that. I don't do those things. Is there stink involved? Do I have to sweat? I never did that. When they needed something, or even if I saw that they needed something, if I saw they needed it and they didn't even ask, I would say, do you need this? Now, again, this is a big church. There were a lot of people in that church, a lot of people. There were people for everything, but there weren't people that would do anything. But there, there, were, there were people that wouldn't do anything. That's, that's what I meant to say. That's not us. That's not who we are, right? That's not the kingdom. We're going to talk about it this morning. So, so I said, yes, sir. I said, um, you know, I'm really a residential electrician, but wiring is wiring. I said, the only difference is it's going to require pipe, and I don't, I, I don't bend EMT. EMT is the metal pipe that you would use to, to run the electric. I said, I don't bend metal pipe. He said, I've got a guy that can bend it if you can run the wire and you can run the circuits. I said, if you've got a guy that can bend it, I'll wire it. It took me a while. It took me about three or four weeks to do this, and I got in there, and every day after work, I'd go straight to the church, got a key and everything. They let me in the church. I'd go in the church. I'd be up on this long ladder, and I'm running all this wire and all this piping with this fellow, and we're running all that through there. Man, I'm telling you, when it was all said and done, and we flipped that switch, and the first Sunday came in there, we come in the first Sunday, and they turn those lights on. I just loved watching all the people walk in and go, wow. And I felt proud. I was like, Do you know what he never did, though? He never stood up in that pulpit and said, I just want to thank Steve Parker for all these lights. I just want to thank Steve Parker that he came in here. Come on, everybody give Steve a big hand. Come on, everybody do that. Do you know he never did that? I sat right there on the third row with his son. And he said, how do y'all like these lights? Don't they look great? It's the blessing of God. Now, I could have said... Is there not even a Red Lobster meal in this? But you know what I didn't? You know what I did do? I said, he's right. It's the blessing of God. God sent me here. He didn't send me to somebody else's house. He sent me to my house. And the minute I came to this place and I knew this was home, it became my house. 
as much as it was anybody else's house, and I'm going to take care of it. And I'm going to jump in there, and I'm going to become a part. And if I can't find something to do, I'm going to ask somebody, can, can you please tell me what I can do to get involved? And you know what? I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to qualify it. And I'm never going to say, you know, um, I'll do this, this, and this, but not that. I'll do this, this, and this, but not that. And I remember I knew nothing about sound. Nothing. Big church, again, big church, big church. And they had, um, what's the uh, country singer's name? Um, Reba McIntyre. They had, no, they didn't have Reba. Slow down. <laughs> Back up. They had Reba's sister. <laughs> oh, everybody's disappointed now. Reba, yeah! Her sister. Uh, but they had Reba's sister, and she was a believer. And she came to sing, and she looked exactly like Reba. If you Google her right now, it looks exactly like Reba McIntyre. But she was a believer, and they, had, they invited her to come. Well, when they invited her to come, their sound guy, I don't remember what happened, went out of town. He was sick. I don't know what it was, but their, their main sound guy, and for whatever reason, they, they had two sound guys in that church, and neither of them could be there. This is a Sunday evening. She was going to be doing a concert and everything, and they called me. I have never touched a knob on a soundboard. I'm now at this point about 20, 21 years old, never touched a knob. And he calls me and he says, can you run the sound tonight for, I forgot her name, but can you run the sound for whatever her name is? What's her name? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, if I said it, you'd know it. And I said, yes, I've never done sound. So if something goes wrong, I want you to know I've never done sound. This is, this is a true story. It's humorous, but it's a true story. So we get up there, I get to the church, I get there early, and I'm trying to get a little bit of rundown from the pastor's son who has had to tinker with it before, but he's not this time, and he's trying to give me a little rundown what all these knobs are for, just this is when you turn it, that's back in the days when you had cassettes for soundtracks, and she had like six or seven of them, and they're all stacked up there, and he's just take it out, put that one in, take this one out, and, and when they're doing that, you know, this is going to be going on, and I'm in panic mode, man, I'm, I'm sweating like I was this morning, I am in panic mode, I'm up in the, the sound booth there was up on the second floor, of the, they had a balcony, and it was up on the second floor, so you were looking down into this, into this stage, this massive stage, and, and I'm up there, and the thing starts, and then this is what the pastor does, now he never said, I want to thank Steve Parker for these lights, that he knew how to put in. And that didn't bother me. But what he did do was say, I want to thank Steve Parker, who has never run the sound, for being willing to run the sound tonight because our other guys were whatever the reason was. You could have heard a hush. I mean, there was a hush in that auditorium. And I was wondering what Reba's sister was thinking, who's sitting on the front row. And I'm thinking to myself, you have just uncovered me in the worst possible way. But what he also did was made it possible for me to make a comfortable mistake. So if I made a mistake, what he was doing was preparing the way. In other words, he was convinced I was going to err. <laughs> and the good news is, I did not. Everything went perfectly, and it was a beautiful thing. Point being, when I went and when I got saved, when I came to the Lord, everything in me shouted. Everything in me said, I'm a part of the kingdom, and the kingdom is bigger than me. And the kingdom is bigger than however many people are in this room. If I'm in this room with 50 other people, that means he needs me in this room with those 50 other people. And if I don't do my part in this room with 50 other people, 
part of what needs to happen today is not going to be done. So I want to talk to you about that today, and I want to begin with Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, and I just want to share with you some things. It will not take long that I anticipate, but I want to share with you some things, and I want to encourage you today to hear well what I'm saying today. I will never impose. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, the kingdom cannot be imposed, it is received. So the kingdom of God cannot be imposed upon anybody. A spirit to serve cannot be imposed upon anybody, but I will tell you this, it exists in everybody. There is a passion in everyone to serve. What changes is how we define what serving is. And I want to help us come to a good conclusion today. So in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, it reads like this. It says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Again, I go back to the lights. When he stood up there and he did not say, thank you, Steve Parker, for doing these lights that everybody is ooing and aahing about this morning. He never said that. It didn't bother me. When he said, this is the blessing of God, I got it. You know, before I read the rest of this, I want to refer back to a friend of mine that is also a friend of many of you, and that was Russell Wheatley. One of the things that made Russell Wheatley such an incredible person, there were many things, but one of the things that made him such an incredible person was, I would literally come to the church sometimes. Matt Hoffman has this spirit also, and many of you do. There are others that do as well. But I would come to the church sometimes, and I would get up here, and something would be done that needed to be done, But I had not asked anybody to do it yet because I had not made a decision about how do we want to do this, what do we want to do with it. And I would come to the church and it would be complete. And I would say, who did this? And people would literally say to me, well, it was done, but the person who did it doesn't want you to know. As soon as they would say that, it didn't take me long to realize it's Russell. And I'd go to Russell and I would say, Russell, why'd you you do that? And he said, because it needed to be done. Here's a guy that got up at 4 o'clock every morning. Worked his tail off, loved his wife, loved his children, loved his grandbabies, worked his tail off, but never thought twice about showing up because he saw something, because he made it his house. And there was nothing, no selfish ambition, nor was there any conceit in Russell Wheatley. It wasn't about bringing glory to self, it was about bringing glory to the kingdom of God. Everything in him was, how can I make this place better? And I want you to know this morning, as you hear my voice, the rock of Central Florida is better because you're in it. If you haven't found your place yet, I want to help you find your place to make it even better with you in it in your place. So he said, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. How can I do that? How can I count others more significant than myself? How can I get outside of myself? There's a scripture in the Second Testament, and I don't remember where it's at. I want to say it's in, um, I want to say it's in James. But there is a scripture that literally talks about that. It talks about getting outside of yourself. And I preached a message on this one time at the Rock of Panama City, and I demonstrated that kind of, kind of with a dramatic uh, twist to it. And I was reading that scripture, and I said, what he was saying was that it's important that sometimes, what we do sometimes is we get so consumed with ourselves, we forget what we really look like, we forget where we're trapped, we don't recognize where we're stuck, we don't recognize if we're not growing. And what he was saying was sometimes it's important that we step outside of ourselves and we look back at ourselves and say, oh, you're stuck. Because when we're looking at ourselves, we realize, oh, you're not actually going anywhere. In fact, there are no footprints around you because you're not moving. 
Sometimes it's only when we get outside of ourselves that we realize that nothing is happening. And this is what he's saying. He said, listen, what I want you to do is recognize this, that in humility, count others more significant than yourself. I want everyone in this room right now to look around you. Look around you. Every person you're looking at right now, count them more significant, he says, than yourself. What needs do they have? What, what's lacking in them today? What would be better about them today? How could you make things better for them by getting outside of yourself? It says, let each of you look not only to his own interests. Uh, this is what I like to do. This is what I don't like to do. This is what I will do. This is what I won't do. He said, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Mm. Let me ask you a question. If the Rock of Central Florida is home, don't let the only time that you're home be when you're assigned a responsibility. I work nursery today, so I got to be there. You're killing me. I'm a greeter today, so I've got to be there. Can I just tell it? He said, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. And, And when we do that, we've got to look at this in numerous ways when we're serving and when we find that, you know, the kingdom of God is about all of us, not a few of us. It's about what we all do to grow the kingdom, not what a few of us do to grow the kingdom. The kingdom of God was never meant to be a church gathering, a bu- gathering in a building on Sunday morning where 30 serve and everybody else comes to observe. He said, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And I want to tell you this this morning. Your presence, sometimes what we need to realize, oftentimes, if not all the time, your presence, your gathering, your coming and being part of what you're called to, you being here, it might be your handshake at the door. It might be your diaper change at that nursery table that changes someone's life. A diaper change always changes a life. But it might be what changes somebody's life. It might be, you might become the witness, the testimony. Somebody might be coming in and they might have the attitude and they might say, man, you know what, I go to church, I only go to church because I listen to the preacher preach and I feel good about myself, I feel like I can get my, my groove on and, uh, and then the rest of the week I'm good. And then they go in there and they see somebody changing somebody else's baby's hind end. Not that anybody goes to see that, but if they're taking their baby back there. And they see somebody doing like my grandbaby crinkling her nose because there's a stink at the moment, but they're still doing it, and they're doing it with a smile. (laughs) And they're like, that's not even their baby. Or they're taking care of children, or they're greeting at the door, or they're working in the sound booth, and, they're, and their, their wife or their husband and their kids are sitting in the church, and they're not able to sit with them, but they're serving somewhere, and they're like, wait a minute, they're, they're back there, they're not even sitting with their family. This place means something to them. The kingdom of God really means something to them. Can I tell you that that's getting past my own interests? 
And that's seeing the interests of others. That's making a statement, and that's saying, man, it's really important to me. And then I want to read in, in um, Hebrews chapter 6, uh, verse 10 reads like this. It says, For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for His name by serving the saints, as you still do. Love this. What a scripture. Let me read it again. For God is not so unjust as to overlook your work. He's aware. He's aware of how important we make the kingdom. You know, we could do this. We could do this. And people do it. People do. And maybe people always will. I would like to be the exception to the rule. I would like the Rock of Central Florida to be the exception to the rule where it's never said that there are those who come in and, and they simply fill a seat. I would like it to be said that everybody that comes in knows. Now, they might not be serving this week, but they serve. Everybody has a role, everybody has a responsibility, because everyone has made the Rock of Central Florida home, and it is the part of the kingdom that he's given us authority to grow. Can somebody say amen? For he is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints. Do I love him? Yes, I love him. Do I want to serve? Yes, I want to serve. Back at North Central, when I would go in there, man, I, it, was, it was fulfilling to me. You know, I can tell you this, if I wasn't showing up early there and if I wasn't involved in the things that they were doing there, it ended up where I was cu- ended up cutting the grass. I, I could go on and on the things that I was doing for that church. I was cutting the grass. This is a large church. They could have paid a lawn service. Did they? No. You know what they did? They had me <laughs> and two or three other people. And they bought a lawnmower and we went up there, don't spend the money on that, we'll do it. And we would do that. And every Saturday I was at the church and I was cleaning or I was painting a fence or I was sandblasting the wrought iron rails, whatever it was. And I was doing something almost every single Saturday. Was it weighty? Was it a challenge? Did I hate that? Never. I never, ever recall one single time I thought I would rather be somewhere else because I knew where that somewhere else might be. I knew the people that I wasn't hanging around anymore, and I knew how important it was that I was with these people, and I knew how important it was that I sowed into this place that the Father had joined me to, and I could help them grow, and I loved it, and when I went walk past those rails that I had painted, I was proud of those rails. I didn't say to anybody, see what I did, see what I did, but I would walk past, man, and I would be proud of them. I'd run my hand down that, and where the day before it was rusty, and somebody might cut their hand, all of a sudden it's smooth, and I'd walk in and run my, I still see it, and run my hand down that rail, and just very proud. Man, me and Stephen got out there, and we did this. Me and Oscar got over there. We cut this grass. It looks good today because we cut it. Those roses shine today because we pruned them. And we were proud. And we did this. Because we love the kingdom. We love the kingdom. We love the kingdom. We do the things that we do today because we love the kingdom. Oftentimes people will say, well, why aren't we doing this? Why don't we have this at the rock? Why don't we have this at the rock? Well, maybe because the rock's waiting on you. In fact, that's what I said last week that made me think of this. Maybe it's because the rock's waiting on you. You know, the people that come in, there's people that will come, well, we don't have this and we don't have that, and I'd really like to, you know, I wish we had this because I'd be involved in it. Well, mm, mm. Put your boots on. Go to work. Don't complain about what isn't. It, what isn't. Create it so it is. For the love of the kingdom, somebody said. Who said it? Thank you, Donna. 
Matthew 25, 31 through 40 says this. I love this too. This is really good. Turn with me there. Matthew 25, beginning with verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Now, listen, when you get compared, when you're slammed into this little category, you're either a sheep or a goat. You know, in the natural sense, I'm just not really sure which one you would want to be, but in a spiritual sense, you understand exactly what he's talking about. Man, if I'm going to get separated, I want to be separated into the group that he says, I'm proud of these. They smell right. It's like Sam was talking about those essential oils. (laughs) If you're not sure what they smell like, just take a deep breath right now because I promise you there's some (laughs) wafting aromas going around right now. He said, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne and before Him will be gathered all the nations and He will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And He will place the sheep on His right hand, but the goats will be on His left. And the King will say to those on His right, Sheep, come, you who are blessed by My Father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Let me read that verse again, verse 34. Then the king will say to those sheep on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, and I want you to inherit the kingdom that's prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Because when I was hungry, you gave me food, and when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. And when I was a stranger, you made me not feel like one. I was naked, and you made me warm. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came, and you saw me. Then the righteous will answer him, and they're going to say, When did all that happen? I don't remember any of that. And he will say, Then the righteous will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king's going to answer them and he's going to say, truly I say to you, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. When you served them, I just want you to know you were serving me. When you found your place and you got past that place of self-interest and got into the interest of others, when you did it unto one of the least of these... I just want you to know you did it to me. And that's why you're in the sheep pile and not the goat pile. So when I say all of this, what am I saying this morning? Very simply, I'm saying this. There's a lot of things going on at the Rock of Central Florida, but there's a lot more that could be happening at the Rock. When you look around, if anybody says, well, why isn't this? Why why couldn't we have this? Couldn't we have this? Well, you know what? The, The volunteers that we have right now aren't enough to do all the things that we would like to do at the Rock Central Florida. It's just not enough. Can I just be real? Can I be honest? The volunteers aren't enough. We need volunteers. You're saying, boy, you you preach this whole message to get volunteers. No, I preach this message to get you to serve, to make it home. I'm preaching this so you'll make it home. I'm preaching this so that you stop hoping for something and you become a part of something. I'm preaching this so that everybody gets past their own interests and begins to see there's a need and I'm willing to fill it. And it doesn't matter what that need is. If I'm capable, I'm going to do that because it's important. And you might be wondering, well, I don't know what those needs are. I'm going to help you today. It's the kind of guy that I am. I'm a nice guy and I just really want everybody to understand what some of the needs are. But we have needs. We have needs in this house. And you know what? Everything that we do in this house, one of the things that we've talked about since we started this back in 1999, it's been in our heart since then. It's always going to be in our heart. And that is that we are a ministry of excellence. That everything we do, we do with excellence to the best of our ability. You might say, well, I just saw something happen the other day and it didn't look too excellent. Well, we're on our way. We're not perfect yet, but we're certainly working on it. Forgive us when we trip. 
Instead of walking by and saying, I forgive you, just bend over and pick us up. And then say, can I help you next time? And maybe we can do it better. What a novel idea. Anybody hearing what I'm saying this morning? So what I'm saying to you is anybody that feels like, you know what, I don't have a part. I'm not in there. I don't, there's nothing that I'm doing, and, and I want to make the rock home. I'm today inviting you to make the rock home. I'm inviting you to get involved, and I'm inviting you to make it a part. I'm inviting you. It doesn't matter to me. You know, again, there's no membership at the Rock Central Florida. When you show up the second time, welcome home. Welcome home. You want to be a part? I invite you to be a part. We'll make a place for you. And there's some things that we do need around here. There's some help that we do need because I want it to be a ministry of excellence and I want it to always be that. I want it to reflect the kingdom of God. I want it to reflect God's heart. I want there to be no lack. Nothing left undone. So some of the things that we have here today, I'm going to tell you what some of those are and then I'm going to tell you how you can volunteer. And I'm expecting an onslaught of emails. Because there's about 30% of the people in this ministry serve in one manner or other, which means about 70% observe. That means we've got a lot of opportunity. So how can you serve? Let me give you a few things. You can volunteer to serve others by working in the hospitality area. Somebody might say, well, I've never heard of that. <laughs> Did you ever ask? <laughs> you could be an usher, a greeter. We need help in all these areas. Children's ministry. We need nursery volunteers. We need sound techs. We need graphics people. We need people who are graphic artists who can design things. Sermon titles, whatever it is, graphics that you see up here on the board. We need people that love those things. Wedding shower hosts. We need Cat Nations Cafe help. We need people to help with outreach. These are just some of the things. I might not have named something that you would love to do. What I want you to do first is, is consider the interests of others before you consider your own. In these that I just pointed out, what part of any of those can you do? You can actually do any of them. You can do any of them. Well, yeah, but why would I want to? Because the kingdom of God is important to you. Wouldn't that be true? Because the kingdom of God is important to you. These things are important. Now, I'm going to help you understand, help you know how you can do this today. There's a few ways that you can do it this morning. One, you can go to the website, wearetherockofcf.org forward slash serve, and it will take you to a page, and it will list those things, and you can select one or more of those things that you're interested in. And what's going to happen is when you select these things that you're interested in, We'll reach out to you and we'll help you understand what is involved in those and walk you through it. We'll begin a journey here. We're going to begin to grow this. We're going to begin to emphasize this because I believe if we cannot serve others, we are no service to the kingdom. In fact, I know that to be true just by what we just read a moment ago. If we are not serving others, we are of no service to the kingdom. God did not call us to a selfish life. He called us to a serving life. That's pretty good. We could write that down. Miss Judy, you need to put that on your chalkboard. We are the rock of cf.org forward slash serve. Another way to do it is to select the link within today's message. If you're following along on the app and you go to the very bottom, there's a link there. You simply click on that little link right there and it'll take you to the same page. You can do it right there within the app. 
And then the last way to do it, the easy way to do it, is the QR code that they're going to put up on the screen right now. If you scan that QR code, take your phone, and you put it up there on your photo app, and you click it on there, it's going to take you to the same page, and you can, you can volunteer to serve. I want to read to you. I'm going to help you understand again that very first scripture that I read this morning in Philippians chapter 2. He said, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. You know, I think sometimes... I'm, pretty, I'm a straightforward person, so when I speak, sometimes people take it harshly. I don't ever mean it to be that way, but I'm mostly direct, probably not as direct today as I was uh, back in the day. Anybody that's made it here more than 10 years is really, it's, if you started in the beginning, um, I mean, you're, you're like Iron Man. Um, but I'm very direct. I'm a very direct person. And, and it, it, when I think of the kingdom of God, sometimes when I say things, it's never in, an, in, a, in a way uh, to make people feel like, boy, he just really made me feel bad today because I didn't do this. It's not to make anybody feel bad. What I want to do is I want to provoke hunger. I want to provoke a right spirit in all of us in here. My heart is not to make people mad. I don't want you to walk out of here and say, man, it was just to the point. I'm I'm telling you, most people today that want to be like Jesus never could take his ministry. It's the truth. People are like, just be like Jesus. And 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 they've said that before. And I say to them, if I were like Jesus, you you would bet you'd walk away from the church. Because he would look at your face and say, you whitewashed sepulcher. Or he'd pull out a cat of nine tails when he wasn't pleased with your worship. People say, no, not my Jesus. Well, you better read your Bible. The same one that knew how to love knew how to tell the truth. Why did he do that? Because he knew when it was important to make a sharp point. And he knew when it was going to be okay simply to use something simple. There were times that required medicine, and there were other times just a spoonful of sugar would do. And he knew exactly when to use what. And I say to you today, none of what I say today is to make anybody feel bad. What I say to you today is to draw you out of your cave. Amen. I'm not in a cave. Well, whatever it is you might define it as. I'm calling out to you to draw you out today. I need you. I need you. The rock needs you. The person to your right and the person to your left, they need you today. Those babies need you. The people that are going to be walking in those doors for the first time, they need you. The people who are worshiping and leading, they need you. There might be things that are in your heart. When I put that list, that list that's on that page on the website, listen, it's not an exhaustive list because my mind doesn't work that way, but I'm telling you, if there's things in you, you think, man, I wish this were at the rock and it's not on that list, email it to me. Shoot me an email because I might think, wow, I can't believe I never thought about that. What's in you? What I am asking you to do today is find your place to serve. I want to tell you, it, not only is it going to be a blessing to others, you're going, to, you're going to be amazed at what it's going to do for you. I felt so much a part of North Central Assembly of God. The years that I was there, before I moved away, I moved to Dallas. That was the only reason I left that church, because I moved to Dallas to go to college. But I felt so much a part of North Central Assembly, it was very difficult for me to leave there. I was so much a part. And then every place I ever went after that, I can tell you the story was the same. I was very involved. When I went to the Rock of Panama City, and I didn't even like the preacher when I first went there. Apostle F. Nolan Ball. Man, I had a hard time with him in the beginning. 
but I still love to serve. I was still showing up early. I was still making a way. I was out there digging a ditch when the septic system blew up. I'm out there digging a ditch. It's stinky work. Sometimes what I found at the Rock of Panama City was what you started to volunteer doing ultimately ended up in a requirement. (laughs) In fact, on that particular job, when me and one other person were out there digging that ditch and we were volunteering to go help so they didn't have to call anybody in to come and do it, and suddenly when we were not able to anymore, he said, no, you're doing it. But I was on staff. I can tell you today, Serving is, it's a part of who you are. Exercise that muscle today.